Oh, I'll definitely starting that again. <laughs> this is a test of the Boundary Park alert system. Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of the Boundary Park Alert System. Uh, with me, Matt Dean, absolutely killing it on the intro here. Dave's got his head in his hands because either he's tired or because of the intro that I just did prior to this one, which is even worse than this one. And Andy is just looking zened out as usual. Just nothing phases him. How are you doing, lads? Yeah, very well. I have enjoyed the break. Oh, yeah, yeah big time. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah. Yeah, not bad. I'm slightly, I'm, I'm slightly, uh, well, I'm pleased that, that the cricket's rained off, so we can do this this record when the, when the cricket's not on, because it's getting a bit, getting a bit tight, isn't it? If you're watching, you watching? I'm watching, yeah. definitely I'm watching. Remotely interested, Dave, Andy, Dave. No, um, how the hell have they even managed to play any cricket? Because in it's been July has been as wet as as I can remember. It's been really wet, hasn't it? Global warming, mate. <laughs> mm, well, it's not if it, it, it's not good for cricket. It's not, but so, it's fine well, for football. Yeah, fine for it's fine for football. Yeah, we don't play football in July though, do we? With the exception of friendlies, which uh, are, of course are as dull as ditch water. So um, a few seasons ago, like when when I first came back from Ireland and um, I was boycotting home games, like a trip to Ashton United. Uh, <laughs> During a preseason friendly, had a, had an appeal, uh, but it's that that appeal has since worn off. Um, so uh, I've not been to any of the friendlies. I'm just waiting for the seasons to kick off in earnest, as it will, hopefully, next Saturday. Um, this whole situation with South End is just. Let's just get stuck into it. No one cares what we've been doing over the summer. Um, let's just get stuck into it. It's all been building up this, this crescendo to the fifth of August. But in a, I suppose it's a sort of a twist of irony, isn't it, that we're up against South End and the situation that they're in. A week before, well, just short of a week before the season's supposed to kick off, we don't know. We just don't know where we're at with it, do we? We don't even know if this game's going to go ahead. We don't know if South End are going to start the season. We don't know if it's going to be home or away. Andy, what do you make of the way it's been handled by the football authorities? I don't really know what what they. Could. I mean, I've seen a lot of people moaning about you know the. I mean, I, for example, I bought my train tickets already, so if we're not going, I'll lose some money on that. But I'm not sure what the authorities could do. That they're, they're trying to give Southend the best opportunity of starting the season, so they're giving a maximum amount of time. They've said that they'll announce on well when this the day this podcast goes out, whether the game goes ahead or where it goes ahead. It looks like it is going ahead to me. Um, and I've seen lots of footage of uh, people trying to get Roots Hall ready, whether they'll get a safety certificate for the full capacity or a reduced capacity and whether that'll affect the amount of tickets that we'll get that we can sell. I already know that when I went to Southend last season, there's a big chunk of the away end actually is uh, not used behind the goal at Southend because it's um, structurally, it hasn't, it's not safe, basically. So you can only sit in one part of it because one one end of it, I think, has got a bit of subsidence in it. So, you know, it, I don't really know what, any, what they could do. You know, so sort of moaning about it is there's nothing our club well, can do. No, there's nothing our club can do. But, I mean, I would argue that Southend and the football authorities 
by letting it get to this stage, uh, uh, putting the game into disrepute because, like, what about Oldham? What about Oldham fans? Um, how on earth is it? I understand the point of view of like giving them enough time to try and get, but surely by the time the fixtures are announced, if your club is not ready to start the league, you shouldn't be allowed to start the league, or something needs to be done. And it's and, and I'm not. It's the, it's the owners of the football club. Um, at South End, that are to blame for this, but the football authorities are duty bound, aren't they, to say, well, we have to consider the needs of, like, you know, the team that you're playing on the first game of the season, for example. Uh, they would have known, the football authorities would have known that there was, that, that, or they should have known that South End didn't have a safety certificate, yet they still uh, fixture the first fixture game was a home game. Why not give them an away game on the on the opening day of the season? Why haven't Southend requested a, uh, an away game for the first game of the season? To me, this just seems like another case of. I mean, look, we can go into a whole thing about this, but the Southend fans have 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 not kicked up of enough of a fuss until too late in the day. It seems to me, um, just this kind of expectation that things are just going to keep going and carry on, and that oh well, everything will be all right. When clearly everything won't be all right because Southend are, are making a right balls of it, but the, the football authorities should have put their foot down. And, there should be a deadline prior to the season starting where if you've not got tick boxes checked, then you don't start the season uh, because you, you're just making life difficult for everybody else in the league, aren't you? There's a whole uncertainty. There'll be thousands of pounds wasted from football fans, olden fans who have been planning their journeys, hotel stays, this, that, and the other. So, Personally, I think it's an absolute shambles um, from top to bottom, really. Dave? Yeah, I, I think th there's two sides to it, isn't there? The, the, the football authorities have to look to be assisting Southend where they can. Obviously, Southend are in a, a dire situation. And if they turn around and said, if you're not done by, or like say, oh, let's say August 1st with all these with all these ele all the elements, which which they're sort of, sort of saying, um we're gonna we're gonna kick you out of the league, but that what 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 would be the detrimental effect of that? It'd be another Berry, it'd be another Macclesfield, it potentially others to name a few, you know. Um, and there'll be, I think there'd, there'd be a lot of umbrage taken by the fans. Although it is an owner who's behaved badly and not looked after the club, the football league, well, sorry, the national league have to show their support as much as they can. And I do get your frustrations, Matt. In terms of a lot of Oldham fans are going to be wasting money. Uh, the fixtures could have been delayed, could have had an away game rather than a home game. It's it's a really it's a really different difficult one for 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 all parties involved, isn't it? They've got to be showing the support, but then Southend have to be made accountable for their actions as well. Um, but it's leaving it. The thing is, it's all about leaving it all too late, isn't it? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've yeah, we've yeah, heard this. It. We've heard this from the EFL. We've heard, you know people talking about you know Andy when we've been talking to football trusts and supporters and stuff about this lack of action, the lack of governance, the uh, the lack of urgency to deal with situations like happened at South End last yeah. season. You know the, the the ground was. I'm sure what what you don't just the ground doesn't go from being. Safe to be an unsafe, despite what certain you know people amongst our fan base might think. Um, you know, is these things are pretty clear, and and surely South End would have been top of like a red list of clubs uh, in the National League to make sure. Look, we've got concerns. Are you going to be fit to go ahead? And it just seems a bit. It just seems like to me, just kind of it, you know, it just invokes this kind of image of how. There's just not enough 
um, attention being paid to these things. Uh, and no, they just everything's like, oh yeah, we can get away with it at the last minute. That Ron Martin's trying to get away with everything at the last minute. Put things off, put things off, or get away with it at the last minute. And it's just, I feel sorry for the South End fans, but like them going into like clean seats um, and volunteer to tidy up, which is what they have been doing. He's not going to get the game on, is it? That's not the safety that. certificate. Isn't isn't down to bird shit on the seats, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think you have to apply for it or, or pass a, a safety sort of um, certificate every season. So it's kind of something that that will be expected. I, I just because because this was us. We're talking. I'm starting off. We should be starting off this episode with like uh, a bit of a fanfare and excitement because I'm genuinely excited about this season. This, this is this is amazing. What we're potentially about to, to, to see, which is as is be more competitive on a pitch than we've been. For a long time, yet we're starting off talking about uh, something which is like terrible because it's the club we're playing. But because it was us such a you know a short time ago, I still have a memory. It's still quite raw. So yeah, definitely. I, I, that, I think that's why I have a lot of sympathy with the situation. Like I'm, I'm, I'm less, I'm, I'm, I'm less inclined to moan about it because I, I look at Southend situation, I feel for them, and I think they're but for the grace of God. You know, when you you look you look around the, the rest of the the, the football pyramid. And these there's stories, you know, negative stories about ownerships at Hartlepool, Reading, Morecambe, Crawley, Barnsley. Like they've all got some problems going on. Wigan, <laughs> they've all got some problems going on. Um, and I just think to myself, crying out loud, you know, we're such a lucky position now not to have to um panic or worry about what could be around the corner. So Whatever will be, will be. If I lose some money on my train tickets, I just think, well, whatever. You know, like, I can't do anything about it. Maybe I shouldn't have booked them, but, you know, hopefully it'll yeah. be on. We all get excited, uh, though, don't we, once the fixtures are announced. And, and also, we take it that once the fixtures have been announced, that everything is, <laughs> you know, rightly or wrongly, but it should be the case that once the fixtures are announced, that, 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 that those games are going to go ahead, barring some kind of unforeseen disaster. Um, because you're expecting that the, 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 the league and the clubs that are that are um, have applied uh, have got you know everything in place to start the new season, so it seems reasonable to expect that. But I think going into this season, at the end of the day, we're not we not everything's not fixed at Oldham, right? Everything we're, we're not jumped from being like where we were a year ago because obviously we can talk about the fact that it's the year anniversary of of the takeover and everything. So, like we made with the episode we did last week with David Unsworth covered a lot of where he has come, what he's had to go through as a manager in terms of the how the club was from his point of view, from a football perspective, um, behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff. We've made tremendous amount of um, progress in in that short space of time, um, but football as a whole is still broken, and I'd, I certainly wouldn't want to be a the fan of a club like us who just forgot about that as soon as we thought, well, we're all right again now. So, you know, sod everybody else. It doesn't matter. And for me, what we've been through makes me very acutely aware of the situation at other football clubs and the way that the, you know, looking at um, the type of money, the stuff that's happening with this Saudi Arabian league and all this kind of stuff, you know, like, and then you've got, clubs like South end and, and the clubs you just mentioned, Andy struggling like we were, um, we're, I'm really excited about the season starting. We're going to talk about it, obviously. Just, I just feel for South End uh, fans. I, I also think that South End fans haven't 
got themselves organised and made enough of fuss over it uh, early enough. Um, but what will play out will play out. And hopefully, you know, the game will go ahead. I think it makes sense for the game to go ahead at Boundary Park, but it would have been good to have um, organised that somewhat sooner than uh, Monday. But we'll find out. We, we, like we say, we're recording it on Sunday, so we don't know what's going to come about. But let's talk about footy then. Do you fancy us there? I mean, South End, surely. <laughs> you know, I've just seen on Twitter then, like, they've just released some 18-year-old kid who's supposed to be quite a talent. Um, so that's another player. Uh, that would have potentially been playing for them. We, they've barely got a squad, haven't they? So um, we'd be expected yeah, to roll them over, wouldn't we? Well, we 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 took a player off them. They've lost quite a few. I, I don't think they've got. They've barely got any. Um, barely got a, a first team squad of professionals. You know, a very, a very small number. I think they're still under embargo. Uh, I don't know whether that's been released. So they've obviously got issues with signing players. So you'd expect you'd expect them not to be very competitive from the off, but. They've kept hold of some of the players, like I think Bridge or whatever, who were half decent. So you, you never know. Um, if we're not at, at full strength, they might give us a bit of a game. But you, you'd hope that that we'd be we'd be able to compete for sure. I mean, in fact, if you look at the fixtures, the first few games got two home games straight after South End. Unless it switched, it'd be three. Mm. You'd, you'd hope we could compate in the first three games uh, and try and get off to a, a reasonable start, wouldn't you? Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I did in, I did invite the Custard Splat podcast, which is the South End podcast, who we spoke to on the phone in, Dave. I did invite them to come on to tell us about the situation, you know, like put it out there about the play. But they, they, they declined to come on, which I thought was a bit lame, to be honest with you. Um, well, probably, but, to be fair to them, they've probably got a lot on a plate, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I, think, I think, yeah, it's... Well, yeah. I mean, when when we were get when we were in the midst of our stuff, they they haven't got more on the plate than we had, and we were on all kinds of podcasts trying to trying to, you know, get our plight out there. So um, that's that's nonsense, uh, to be honest. Um, they just cop. They just it was just a cop out, really. Oh, we don't know if the game's going to be on, and not. well, if the game's not on, come and talk about why the game's not on. Uh, you know, but anyway, that's by the way, that's up to them. Um, how do we feel about? The signings and the preseason and the build-up and everything else. How are you both feeling? Are you are you buzzing to the max off uh, off the preseason reports? And has anyone actually, Dave? You went to hide because you commentated on it, didn't you? Although yeah, there wasn't it, much to commentate on, was there? You spent most of the time <laughs> just talking about other stuff, reading stupid things that I text you and like dares. Yeah. I said, "Can you can you get this into the sentence and stuff like that?" But, I did no. She no, did to no, be fair. No, did. well, no, well, I had to because it was that boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was. It it wasn't. Do you know what? Just about when I saw that game, there's there's two stand like two standout players that I saw, and unfortunately, it weren't the signings. It was that uh, Leighton Chapman, the right back, who was. Play, who played really well, and Benny Couto, uh, who played in left midfield in the first half uh, and then went to defence in the second half. Um, and that was about it. Not really much to shout about. Um, that was the of... first friendly, though, wasn't it, as well? Like, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I've just tried to ignore ignore friendlies because obviously I've had a lot on, um, you know, having a, having a bit of a rest and with stuff starting. And I, In terms of the signings, I've only seen a glimpse of them. I, I, I watched some real competitive games to to make to to give my judgment on the signings. Really, uh, Lundstrom looked good uh, at Hyde, but it, again, at forty-five minutes, you can't really, you know, you can't really tell. Do we know so, what's up with him? Do we know because he's on? He hobbled off, didn't he? And he's he's on crutches by all accounts. Allegedly, yeah. 
Do we know um, what, no, where he's at? I don't know. Um, I might, I might sneak a text to to Baz Rathbone this week and see if he'll spill the beans. Um, but yeah, they, they keep was, the apparently, apparently tweets his knee, didn't he? And and so it, it could be precautionary. And the, the article that Suzanne Geldard did suggested it it could be a relatively short period of time, but they didn't know until the scan. So I guess we won't know. But I mean, if you look at the signings we made all the summer. You know, it, when we did the, the squad pod at the back end of last season, mm. and we we re, you know when we did that, it was difficult, wasn't it? It was difficult because you had a lot of players on the contract. You had to move a lot of players on. We haven't really paid any. I think possibly Luke Burgess is the only actual pay, player we've paid up, isn't it? Because Windass has gone out on loan. Um, Luke Wyler has gone to Port Vale. <laughs> unbelievable. That is unbelievable. <laughs> well, what as, an agent. I guess, I guess as a backup, yeah, because because Ripley's gone there, hasn't he? His first choice. And Harrison McGahey, Matt, you and I saw him in the Players' Lounge uh, last week. Last when we week, were yeah. Going to it. So he's integrated into the first-team squad. So he's fit, no... fit, fit enough to play a pool. We know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, he looked in good shape, I thought. Yeah, I thought, yeah, he, looked, yeah. thought he looked pretty good. So he, he, but so obviously he he's there as a, as a backup centre-half and presumably, you know, he... They're looking on him as someone with experience in case we get injuries. I don't think he's going to be starting every week. Certainly, probably not fit enough to start every week anyway. So, he, he, you know, he, he, they haven't moved. They haven't moved many on. Um, I, I, we didn't ask about the one. There's a couple of questions we didn't get through with David Unsworth, but not very many. One of them was, "What's happened to Junior Luamba? I assume he hasn't gone anywhere else, and he's he's rejected our our contract offer, so so he'll have left. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is there aren't that many, there weren't that many gaps to sign players. So we signed what five? Have I got that right? So uh, you've got Willoughby, Hobson, yeah, um, Lundstrom, Willoughby, Hobson, yeah, Lundstrom, Raglan, Ward, and, and Raglan. Right, so we signed five. Now, and we five, signed yeah, Green as well has gone come on a pair well, Green and well, Green yeah. and. Green and the keeper, we were we were extending contracts for anyway. Yeah. So we only had five signings. So what I found interesting last week when we chatted to David is he said he wants three more. So I was thinking, wow, I thought five was it. Because once you counted the squad number up, five new people coming in with all the people that we've already got, you were thinking there's probably not a great deal of room to add any more to that, especially with maybe some of the youth being promoted through to the Yeah, well, you've, you've not mentioned like the players that we actually got rid of as well, though, that have left the squad, isn't there? Like, yeah. you know, but, but, but when we but when we did the squad pod, we got rid of all them anyway, and we could only find a place for five players. You see That's what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah. We, so we, he signed five players. So the fact that we might sign another up to another three between now and, and, and next week, um, it is probably slightly more than I thought. But if you look at those five players we signed, will it be, will it be, um, 20 goals, um, best player at Chester? Lundstrom, player of season there. Um, Raglan comes with a, a lot of experience, two divisions higher. Um, apparently, Cheltenham wanted to keep him. He wanted to move back north. Apparently, another League One club um, had, offered him, right, had offered, him, offered him a contract and he still chose us because he wants to be in and around Manchester. So that, that would suggest that we've got someone with a decent pedigree at centre-half. So all those players, and, and Dan Ward... Who probably was wasn't getting the rave reviews at Gateshead because they had Camel Conte, didn't they? Who was sort of taking the line. But Dan Ward obviously played played his part there, and I'm sure Gateshead wanted to keep him. So everybody we signed this summer are players that their original club that we signed them from would have wanted to retain, and or have had plenty of offers from other clubs. Now, if you think about summers in the past, when we're literally like you know sifting. <laughs> 
<laughs> through what's left <laughs> and decided who we can sign that no one else wants, you, you would assume that we were, we would go into the new season better off with five new players. I guess the slightly curious thing over the over the I mean, pre-season friendlies, I'm not bothered about. Like, we didn't rave... We, we, you and I made a conscious decision not to talk about the 6-1 win at Charlie, like, start raving about it, because just in the same vein as the 3-0 home defeat against Mansfield, they're both meaningless, really. Yeah. So yeah. we're not we're yeah. not going to bother with either of them. But yeah, I guess what I guess what's curious is um, maybe... You, you, I'd have assumed Willoughby would have been a shoe-in starter every week. 20 goals, bit of a marquee signing from the division below... But he hasn't really started many games in pre-season. Don't know whether no. that's tinkering the system. Maybe he's not I, fully fit, or what, I don't know. But, I think there's look, look. There's lots of there's lots of things. Uh, there's lots of different factors for lots of different things, isn't there? And like Witherby's not proven at this level, right? Uh, he's not played at this level yet either because they're just pre-season friendlies. So you know, you bring it in like last season. You know, Nuttall was a big signing. Um, Fondop has like you know keeps, you know. Making a claim for a, for a space with 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 goals, he scores goals, and that's that's the main thing. Alex Reed, you know, you've these are the players from last season. I, for me personally, I think it's 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 up to the other players to to, to shift them. Um, and once the season starts, we'll see how it goes. I I don't think you can prove either way. Um, who plays what and how many minutes and all this that doesn't tell us anything really about the preseason. I, I I don't think a massive amount. I think it's more likely just to be to be fitness. Maybe the players who needed more fitness are the players that have played. Um, it's all all there's there's a, so much speculation in WhatsApp groups on Twitter on this and that and the other. For me, I'm still just kind of like, well, the manager and the management team of David Unsworth, John Ebrill, Steve Thompson. Um, Baz Rathbone, they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Like, they know far greater than any of us as fans, and, and they're working with these players day in, day out. They know who's got little tweaks, little this, little that. They don't give it all the way to the media either. They, they keep it under wraps. They, they don't want South End, if hopefully I'll be well, we play. They don't they want them to know who's fit, who's firing, who's not. They want to go into that game with the best possible chance of winning. So, you can see it on social media already. People are eyeing up. Oh, there's the oh. Well, we're never going to do this with this. Shelton and Shearer in midfield. It's, oh, God, presumably, yeah. it's not going to be Shelton and Shearer in midfield because if, if we wouldn't have gone out and signed Lundstrom and Ward, um, if 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 it was you know as backups players, would we? If, if, if they, them two didn't work great last season, and they probably haven't worked great in pre-season, so. We'll see what happens. I think we just have to give it time. Personally. We'll come on to predictions and that for the season later, but I'm not expecting us to come out of the traps and be like beating Southend six nil, then putting all the shots to the sword four nil, and then Halifax. You know, I don't. I don't think it's going to be like that. I, I, I suspect that we're going to start like better than we did last season, um, but grow into the season. I think we. I think we'll get better as the season goes on. Um, it's. It's dangerous to set yourself up expecting us to fly out of the traps and our new signings to be scoring at-tricks on the opening day of the season and then losing your shit when it doesn't happen. Like, I'm just... I, I'm, I'm, I can see it. We're, we're, it's going to be the same old story. We're going to be like, it's okay, it's okay. Now, if we go out and lose the first four games, 4-0 each game, or we go to, you know, we scrape through a few... Then, you know, you're going to be like, well, this is not going as I'd expected it. 
I would love, I would dearly love us to win our first three games, Chesterfield to win their first three games, and then go into that Chesterfield game with a, as a top of the table. You know, that'd be fantastic. But, you know, there's no point living in the past and there's no point living in the future. We just have to sort of deal with each thing as it comes along. And I think that we're in, I mean, look at the stuff around Boundary Park. Look at the, the photographs, the pitch, the dugout. All that stuff, because you'll get the certain people I can and I can see, I can hear them in my head now. Well, you don't win football matches by having a nice dugout. You don't win football, but it's all these incremental steps towards us having a far superior football club than we did before, and the results on the pitch will follow. Now, will they follow in August of 2023, or will it take a little bit longer than that? For me, it's all going beautifully and. If we have a fantastic start to the season, that'll just be the icing on the cake. But if we don't, it's not the end of the world. So that that's where I am at mentally going into this season. Yeah, if you if you list all the things that they've uh, that they've done, uh, in, installed the borehole and water tank that that saves them loads of money a year, so they can water the pitch. The pitch itself, uh, they've done loads of work on the chatty end to make sure that. Um, the safety advisory group will would allow us to get our capacity up to thirteen thousand one hundred eighty six uh, car park extension, marking out parking bays, painted the gates at the front and put a crest on it. Uh, the legends lounge that they've put together with all the marketing and hospitality uh, brochure that they'd sent out. They've done the disabled area, the new bench and seats, and then blowtorched all the seats in the Joe Royal stand to make them look shiny and blue. And you're like, this is the care and attention that this place has needed. And it's just and the, and the fans bar, the fans bar as well. You know, they got yeah. rid of all that corp, the corporate got all taken away, and everyone used to use the upstairs in the in you know, like the seasons before under Abdallah, and it was all a fiasco, wasn't it? But to be fair, they've invested in the fans bar, they had a small bar, they've extended the bar, they tried doing the vending machines, they were trying to ch- improve it every week by week based on fans' feedback, weren't they? So, you know, that, that fans bar is a good venue for any you know any club I went to Mansfield last season they have something exactly the same you know Oldham Community Trust as well they're trying to get the mascots back involved and stuff like that you know to be to make it a community community club you know the new the new athletic store you know that, that looks nice you know you yeah, saw smart, the clips yeah. of it yesterday you know so it, I mean it, I'm not expecting everything to be perfect but look at what they've done it's it's just dead and shoulders above isn't it compared to falls apart in it falls apart oh, huge. Absolutely, mate. Like when when we went when we went last week, uh, Mark and I, we went into the into the players' lounge and I, and had lunch in there. You could just feel the atmosphere, couldn't you? It was like it was tangible. Like you, you know, you could. Everyone was really, you know, really relaxed. Got getting on. It was a lot of smiles. You know, I, I know we're not in the middle of a relegation battle like we were last season because we're, we're about to start a new one. But it just felt a really good place to be. You could feel it in there. I had a really good chat to Mark Sheridan, the, the secretary, when I arrived. So I chatted to him about 15 minutes beforehand and he just gave me, you know, just a bit of a feeling for what it's like. And he, bear in mind, he was at the club. I think he went to Burton and Oxford and then came back. Um, and, he, and he was just saying what, a, you know, even compared to those places, what a great place Oldham is as a, as a you know, the community of people that work for the club have always been great, even when they were being led by cretins. Now, now it's just an amazing place to be. Um, and and I think you can feel it when you're in there. So all of those things and the facilities for the players and the food and the, and the and the way it's all you know nicely managed and choreographed between the between Chapel Road and the and and, and Boundary Park and, and Little Wembley and 
yeah, it's got to be. You, success has to be built from those foundations, doesn't it? It has to. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Which, is, which is why I'm just so – which is why I, I, I coined that phrase to begin with. I am really relaxed about it because it, it cannot it – will, it will work. We will be a success. I, I, I think we'll – I fancy us to start all right, actually. I think – I hope we take seven points from the first three games. If you draw away and win at home, you, you're well in the mix. And I think – um, I think we could pick up, you know, we picked seven points up from those first three games. We are literally off to a flyer. Chesterfield mm. away is going to be incredibly difficult. I, 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 Chesterfield should win it outright. By, by, I'd say Chesterfield will win it by 10, 15 points, probably. They're going to be head and shoulders in front of everyone else, I think. So that, that's going to be tricky. But I think we could get off to, to a decent start, um, especially if there's maybe one or two more signings to come in. I guess those signings may not be integrated into the squad very quickly because they won't have trained for six or eight weeks with everyone else but you know we'll yeah. see won't we I'm, I'm chilled I'm relaxed I, I fancy to have a, I fancy to have a good season there's the, the, I mean there's different we we there's lots of different perspectives within the fan base about what makes a good start as well like if we scrape by one a 1-0 win at South End and we scrape 1-0 at home against Aldershot and we scrape 1-0 against Halifax then I'll be delighted <laughs> me too. Exactly. No, me too. Yeah. Exactly. I'll be delighted. Win. Exactly. And and if we get nine points out, it would just be that'd just be fantastic. You know, like and if we win and we don't play well, I'll be even more happy. Like as a looking at that and thinking, well, as the season goes on, I'm going to expect us to pick up better form. So I'd rather win a game and play poorly than be brilliant, play a team off the park and lose. Um, I just so, want. I just want. I just want to see a winning mentality. Change the mentality. Exactly. That's all yeah, I want yeah. to see. Yeah, well, and I think I think that, that, that those that those things like the dugouts, for example, like what they've done there, they've they've done they've got Premier League standard dugouts in there now, like in terms of the seating and the way it looks and the the, the crest and everything. On uh, it looks fantastic, and and it's all part of you know moving the uh, away fans into the into the paddock. It's all part of this kind of uh, which, by the way, the away fans now can get on the back of the away team's coaching staff if they're having a bad game, which I just thought of. You know, in the same way that our lot in the main stand paddock will we'll let our manager know in un no uncertain terms what, what they think. Well, theirs will now as well. And that that's that's a good little psychological move. But, you know, there's teams like Wheelstone and Oxford City are going to be coming into that dugout and it's going to be like now. It might it, it works one of two ways. It either intimidates them or it you know it makes them up their game even more. We'll see. But the point is, is that when when people come to Boundary Park now, they're coming to what feels like a proper professional football club. You know, we, we I bumped into Paul Murray last week as well in the cor in the corridor, and he was saying it's just so different to what it was like when he left. Uh, he said he'll come on the pod anyway, so we can ask him a bit more, see if we can, you know, get some dirt off off him from uh, when he was here last time. But, um, you know, it's it feels every single time we've been, uh, whether it's been to a press call or whatever it is over the last... I mean, we've not been loads of times since over the last year, but every single time we've been, you've seen people working on something, people doing something. There's always been something going on. There's always been some improvements being made. And... This is this is so welcome after a period of time when literally nothing was done, <laughs> no effort was made whatsoever, and the place was just falling into disrepair. So psychologically, we should all be absolutely—I feel like we should all be absolutely delighted by that, buoyed by that, infused by that. Um, I thought the interview last week went down really well. I thought 
people responded positively to what uh, Unsworth had to say. I, I felt positive about it. He's He knows as much as anybody that results are what determines success in football. Um, and we all desperately want success and we want we want to win games and we want stability. I don't think anyone's going to put stability over success. Um, there's always a point where a manager, you know, his time is up, but certainly not that for Unsworth, is it, after what he inherited and what he went through in his first season? I, I, I thought last week's poll was brilliant, and he was—he was a, you know, he was a—he's a really, really nice bloke, isn't he? Uh, he, was, he really is. Yeah, he's a lovely fella. Yeah, re- really, really nice to chat to. Really easy to chat to. Very accommodating. Um, top bloke. Um, you, you, you'd be, be hard pressed not not to like him when you spend some time with him. But I, I've, you know, when we pushed him on a couple of points that we considered how to frame the questions, mm-hmm. I could see, like when, when I was asking him about, for example. Um, you know, what's the style going to be in effect? You know, how, how are we going to set up? What, what, what do you want to see this season? Are we going to, are we going to sit deep and hit on the attack? Are we going to, are we going to high press? He sort of looked at me and he, you could see the glint in his eye. I could see the glint in his eye because he knew the question I was asking. And his answer to it was, we want to play fast, dynamic football. That's, that's how yeah. he was brought up under those managers at Everton. And that's how you would, that's how you would talk about any, any Latics team of, in, in the last 30 years that's been any good under Dowie, under Shez, um, under Joe Royal going back those days. We did we we weren't a ticket tacker passy around side, were we? Well we I don't just, think I, I don't think any any Richie, good side even under even under Richie they were although they, they, we were signing Tony Cars and David Ayers, we were always going for the attack, weren't we? Every blood, time. Blood, blood we never had foot. a successful team that played slow, undynamic football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, like, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess the di- the difference being, um, you know, if you look at the way Notts County played last season, I mean, they were lovely to watch, but they retained the ball a lot, didn't they? Whereas, mm. whereas, like, you know, obviously Wrexham just threw the ball at the box a lot. I, 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 I suspect the sort of the position that we that I think David Lunds wants to get us to is he's fine with counter attacking, but it's minimal. It's it's not over passing it around or just trying to retain the ball and doing little no. triangles. And so it is literally let's let's make as minimal number of passes as we can to get the ball in the box and then create chances. Now I'm fine with that. that that's no problem to me. That's what I, if that's what we're seeing and and we're seeing opportunities, then brilliant. Let, let's let's go for that. So uh, let, let's just, like you said, we don't know until we see how they set up and, and how it pans out. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season. I, I, I fancy us to do, I genuinely fancy us to do well. Can we do our predictions now? I'm dying to know what Dave's going to first. I'm going last. I'm going last. Well, t- no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We'll, we, uh, Dave, um, you um, predicted, not predicted, sorry. That's because I was looking at the word prediction. I can't, my brain just can't do two things at once. You've um, got in touch with friends of the show, Mark White and Pete Wilde, didn't you? And asked them. I did to do some predictions for us. So uh, let's start off with our friend Pete Wilde, Latics fan. Uh, let's see what he thinks is going to be the situation in the National League next season. Morning, mate. Hope you're well. Um, here's my predictions, pal. I think at the top end, I think Chesterfield, Oldham, and don't underestimate Harlepool and John Askey's experience of this league uh, and knowing what it takes. And I think he's signed really well. Uh, and Woking as well. Woking are on the on the rise with Darren Saul. I think they've got a real chance. So 
I'd say them are the four that will probably be fighting it out, in my opinion. But, hey, what do I know? It's, it's an opinion. Hope you're all well. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Wildy. Thanks for that, Thank mate. You, Pete. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you know, like Hartlepool, they've just come down. Um, Chesterfield, obviously, they're flying, walking. You know, the teams that were doing well last season aren't, You'd, you'd fancy them to continue doing well this yeah. season, wouldn't you? So it tends to be the way it works. You don't go from one extreme to the other. So Ask, Ask is a good manager as well. He can't be underestimated. He did. He's he's got teams out. He got Macclesfield out, didn't he? Uh, not too long ago. He, you know, he he can work on a shoestring budget with a lot of turmoil in the background. Uh, he's definitely one to watch. Definitely one to watch. Here's one to watch. Mark Wyatt from Dorking. <laughs> mate, I'm always comfortable with anything, mate. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to go Hartlepool, Chesterfield. Oldham, I'm going to say um, eighth. Dorking, I'm going to say twelfth. Bottom four, I'm going to go South End, based on circumstance. Oxford, um, Aldershot, Kidderminster. Can Mr. Popular. <laughs> Eighth. What do you reckon? No. Could he be, uh, is he? Is he? No. Is he trying to wind us up with that? He's he's trying trying to, of course, he's trying to wind us up. Um, <laughs> right. I, I'm. I, I'm. I'm going to go first this this year. I. I. I reckon top seven for sure. For me, I think we'll be top seven. So I think we're in the playoffs. Uh, possibly, if you're going to make me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Top seven's not good enough. I mean, that's like seven places. I mean, there's a big difference between seventh or second. So right, you have I, to. I, you... I reckon. I reckon fourth or fifth. So that would mean that we'd have a what would in effect be a home quarter final against sixth or seventh, and then an away semi final against second or third to get to Wembley, and then we'll get to Wembley, and on our third visit to Wembley, third time lucky. We lost the first one. We drew the second one. We lose the third, third one. one. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an exciting season, Andy. Anyway, so you know, compared to to, to previously, uh, that would be that would be good. I, I'm I'm gonna I'll go I'll go next. I'll leave Dave's to last. Um, I predicted on the last episode of the season that we would finish in the top three. Um. I think that it's like, you know, like you said, the Hartlepool may well may well do all right. Chesterfield, definitely. I fancy Chesterfield to win it. I think the teams like uh, Walking and uh, Boreham Wood and Bromley, they'll, they'll all be contenders again, won't they? Um, but I'm going to stand by my top three finish. Um, I don't think we're going to win the league. I probably don't, I don't think we'll finish second, but necessarily. But I think we'll be. I think we'll be up there. If we're not, though, because I feel like we're going. Like I said, I feel like we're going to grow. I feel like we're going to get stronger. I think we might. We might finish strong um, because I feel like we. If we need to, we'll buy more players as the season goes on again, like we did last time. We'll bring more players in. Um, I feel like the mentality around the club and the facilities at the club and the way that the club is going, I feel that we're going to be strong. Whether we'll have enough this season, I don't know. It, the, 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 the conversation we had last week with David Unsworth, we asked him about the three up, three down. He sounded like that might well be in next season, um, in which case I would fancy us for automatic promotion next season. Um, 
you know, we if we finish in the top three, I think that would be an amazing achievement. If we finish in the top seven and we get to the playoffs after everything that we've been through, again, I think that would be a great achievement. Um, if we finish outside the top seven, will it have been a failure? I think it will have depended on how the season's gone. I, I, I don't think you can determine now. I think if we finish in the bottom half, I think that'll have been a poor season. But... Um, yeah, I'm going to go it's on a long-winded sort of uh, explanation, but I think I'm going to go in the top. I'm going to, I'm going to go for third. I'll fit. I'll say. I'll, I'll pin it on a. I'll pin it on an actual position. I'm going to go third. Right. Dave, are on. you ready? Right. Now I'm going to predict where we're going to be at Christmas, and then and then I'll give you my final prediction for the season. So I think by Christmas we're going to be about 12th or 14th, and. There will be. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We were going to win it all the way last season. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Just bear with me. I think it's going to take time for the squad to gel. I think we're going to sign a few more players in the coming weeks. Um, and it's going to take time. But I think we may do a stockport. I know I hate saying the words stockport. Sorry, spit, spit the uh, crap out of my mouth. But I think we'll go on an amazing run. And I think we will finish fourth and we will win the playoffs. Okay, so you two have already got us winning at Wembley. That's pure romance, that is. That's just like, that is what you want to happen. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I would love us to go up automatically rather than through the playoffs. But like I said, I don't think any of us fancy us to win the league this season because there are teams that are much further ahead of us in terms of their development. And I think that's where you've got a sort of, you know, and we're not talking about in terms of the development of the of the actual football club, but in terms of the actual development of the squad and the team um, over time, the, the, the fact that they've had that stability for a few seasons, you know, they're adding and, and developing the quality all the time. It makes a massive difference. Um, so oh, can, I, I just add one, can I just add one thing? Sorry. Go on. And Rochdale are going to go down. That's a definite. They are yeah. going down. Yeah. yeah. And I hope they do. They what? <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> National they, League I, North, Curzon v Rochdale. Can't wait for they, that one. They're going to struggle like we did um, because it'll take time to adjust. But I don't, I don't think I don't think they'll go down. They'll, they'll, they'll probably be midway, uh, I would have thought. There is, like you just heard Mark White say then, there's, there's going to be the likes of Maidenhead, Oxford City, you know, even Dorking to a degree. I hope Dorking are, are comfortable, but they're all still part-time clubs, and it's yeah. going to be difficult for them to compete. So I think Rochdale will be fine. But um, you know, be, a lot of you know, a lot of it depends on the, how the teams that have come up adjust, doesn't it? You know, like you know, it, like you said, sometimes it's just too much of a too much of a leap, isn't it? Filed and Ebbsfleet look like they're you know pretty well equipped, and they've got you know reasonable yeah. money. Them, um, but yeah. I don't know whether Kidderminster Oxford will, will struggle possibly. But if you think if you think about, imagine if we did get to Wembley and, and went up in the playoffs. That, that's probably financially the the best solution, isn't it? Because the amount of money you generate through the TV games and the visit to Wembley and all the money that would come from the back of that it would probably, you know, it's, it's not going into the playoffs is a massive lottery as we've seen before. We've been in it three times and never got through the semi final. So. You think, but I just, it'd be an amazing story. And if you think about what's going to happen this season as well, is we've already got two games on telly already. So Chesterfield away, Gateshead away. Um, yeah. Gateshead one's handy for me because there's no chance I'll be going up there from here. So, uh, you know, that's great. So we're going to be generating more money. Um, 
obviously season tickets are what uh, just under four thousand season tickets sold, which is amazing. You know, you remember all those people last season saying, "Oh, unless the unless the quality improves, no one will come next year." Yeah, <laughs> and they have. So. <laughs> You know, it's a lot of nonsense. You know, I, I knew that the goodwill would continue beyond that, and and people can see what's being built. So you just think that the hopefully the revenue that comes in from the gym and the OEC, and obviously uh, the rugby start in uh, next season. I know there's no necessarily income from that for a few years because the the pitch is part of that deal. But you know, you can see how revenue and income builds. I mean, as soon as we, I think the football league get more money next year, don't they? From next season on, in solidarity payments from the Premier League. So mm. this season really would be perfect to go up now because next season we lose all of our parachute payments and we'd miss out on that bump up from the football league. So really, this season is it is. I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stand short saying crucial, but it is. It would be important to try to get up this year, so they're going to. I'm sure they're going to do everything they can, and you're probably right. They will sign more players. Like David Lunds has said, he wants three more, so you can't imagine we aren't going to do that. Um, obviously, we're after Andy Dallas, um, so you know David Lunds would confirm that, and it would appear that we were prepared to make him a reasonably strong offer. So that presumably also means that maybe there is some money in the kitty or in the budget left to still try and attract. Um, you know somebody else, so we may get uh, you know a, a, another decent forward-thinking player in between now and and you know soon after the season starts. So yeah, I, th- I just think yeah, people have got to get behind it. You know, when David Unsworth said last week, if the fans are all behind the club, it makes a big difference. And with us having you know six, seven, eight thousand in the ground every week, whatever it is, it, we, it could really matter. So you, you, I'm almost urging people not like you said. The, you know, I, I briefly went on Twitter last night just to have a look at the reaction to the Mansfield game, and I immediately rolled my eyes at the same half a dozen accounts <laughs> moaning already. You're like, just what is the point? Like, let's just get behind it and and see how it goes because I think it, this could be an amazing season. I'm hoping it will be. I mean, on- it's just honestly, the knobs aren't they? Some of them, <laughs> they are, aren't they? And you know, they know they are. I would love to name them, but I can't be bothered to give them any credence because they're they're just deluded, deluded, yeah. and they all piggyback on each other because they're from a little little group all circling the vultures. I tell you what, it must be great their Christmas party when they all get together and start stabbing each other in the back. Unbelievable. <laughs> Well, listen, Dave, we've got the football phone, haven't we? So, like, next, you know, starting on Wednesday um, as the build-up to the to the game at the weekend, fans can can call in and let us know what they think about the you know the start of the season, the preseason. Come on and and tell us that we're all that you know that we're the we're the ones talking out of our asses and and that we're the deluded ones. By all means, that's fine. It's all about opinions, and let's get stuck into it because I think at the end of the day. I mean, I was I was uh, in deepest darkest Wales at the, this weekend, and there was no internet signal in the field that I was camping in, and it was bliss. <laughs> it just like it was really nice to be away from the internet and and not to get the urge to look on the hashtag and all this guy. But to be honest with you, I've, I've I've avoided it pretty much all summer anyway. Jumping on there every now and again, but compared to what you like, you know, the normal levels of hashtag use uh, through through the season. Um, it's been it's been pretty 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 quiet from from my point of view, but I would love nothing more than for us all to be having you know, the debates about football, like you know, and and 
yeah, football fans are always like, well, the manager should have done this, we should have done that, we should have picked him, we shouldn't have picked him. That's part, part and parcel of it. As long as we can have healthy debates, I think, without like, you know, calling for people's heads and like, oh, you should be getting sacked. Because if you think about it, like that, you wouldn't do that in any other, you know, to any to anybody else in a, in a profession. Uh, I think it, I think it's disrespectful, particularly when we know where where we've been. So, I, I, look, I'm not expecting us to go and get absolutely pumped in every every game. And there is might you know there might be an argument to say that something's severely wrong if if we if we you know don't go. You don't win a game for the first two months or something like that, but I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna happen. So, um, all, all the twelve straight defeats. Everyone just calm down. Yeah, but, exactly. I think we I'm might be. I, I think we might be even. You know, even ourselves might be like you know called if, well, I because be. then see, the, well, it's absolutely because you know clearly something would be wrong. But like we're going into this season everything is so good. Everything is so good. And Unter said in the interview uh, last week about the atmosphere at the last game of the season, last season, and it was fantastic. And I'm, I am sure that the first game at Boundary Park, the atmosphere is going to be fantastic. I'm sure the Atleticos have got something organised to, to to make that game. I mean, obviously now that they've got profits off their own clothing range, they're, they're fashion designers now, which is fantastic. You know, well done to them for that. That's, that's amazing. Um, you know, because they'll the money that they make, they'll they'll invest in in making the experience at Roundy Park even even better. And we've not gone into a football season like this at Boundary Park for such a long time. It's genuinely exciting. Uh, whether we finish seventh, fourth, third, eighth, <laughs> you know, like even if we do finish where Mark White predicted, as long as everything is building towards us having a, a goal of the next season. For me, it is what it is. We've we've come a long, long way. One of the other things I, I think about all the time is, and if you saw, um, like we talked about, it's a year anniversary since the Rothfuss take took over this week. So there's been some stuff in the olden times, and the and the the media team put a lot of stuff out on on the official website. And and you just think about in that space of a year, what's happened in one year? Just a year. That's all it is. The year goes like that as you get older, doesn't it? Um, mm. you, you read like stuff, there's an Oldham Times, Times article where, um, you know, the, the basically the Rothwell family had said they'd they'd made a decision that when they took over the club, that not being professionals in football, that they would leave the sort of day to day running of the football side of it to the to the professionals and just they're, they're running the business instead. And it, I just think it takes an enormous amount of. You know, uh, you know, the, the control, maturity, maturity, understanding of how to how to manage it. It just it shows class, and so you know, people like Luke and Sue, who you know, if if, you, if we we chatted to them before, they're just they're just really good people that are really successful. They they know what they're doing, so they deserve the space from us to get on with that job, um, and and, I, and that's how I feel about it. So. You know, they know what they're doing. Let them make the decisions and back them. Yeah, hundred percent. And if, and if they if, if you know if they if they choose to to give the manager um, the time and the space to to do his job as well, then I would encourage the fans to take their lead and and do the same. And and we're talking to a, a minority here, I think, who 
we know are ready to get on onto his back at the first opportunity because they don't think he's the right man. And we see it in people's comments. We, we you know, we, we, we hear it when we talk to people. Th those people are out there and they're entitled to their opinion. Don't get me wrong. They're entitled to their opinion. I think what I think when it becomes an issue for, for, for everybody is when um, in the ground uh, it starts to be about putting more pressure on the players and the manager when I've, you know, when maybe it's, other people think it's been a bit done a bit too early. So, you know, I think just, I think if everyone could just, I mean, let's just, the best possible scenario is a good start to the season, calms everybody's nerves. I think, I mean, I'm nervous. I am nervous about it. I'm, I'm nervous because I want the season to, to start well so that everybody f feels that relaxed, that everyone feels relaxed. There, there isn't that tension. There isn't that within the fan base, people like some people say, hey, see, I told you he should be gone. And others saying, oh, we need to be patient. And having that, I mean, it'll be for a good debate on the phone, no doubt. But um, it would just be nice for once, for all of us. We deserve it, don't we? We deserve a good start to the season. It'd be nice for us all if we just hit just the ground an away win win. on Saturday, yeah, with an away win. Yeah, we do, and we've not started with a win for years. But you know, if you if you look at if you look at Luton, who we interviewed, um, and what they've just achieved, they're going to start in the Premier League shortly. They were they were in our they were in our division ten years ago, and that and that club Luton is not not any size larger than ours, but the same yeah. size club as ours, same size town, same you know same location to a big city where they've got loads of North London fans in around their community as well. Like Similar achievements, Andy, as well, in terms of like cup finals, you know, like, you know, top flight, years in the top flight and all that kind of stuff. They're not, they really aren't dissimilar, are they? And so uh, and what they've had is, is their owners and their fans and their, and their um, supporters trust all working harmoniously together to try and succeed. And I think that that's kind of the blueprint. Um, I'll tell you what was funny. When, you, when I was watching, I don't know, when I was watching Luton versus Coventry, I mean, I was behind Luton all the way for a number of reasons, but how could anybody want Coventry to win when the manager was Mark Robbins? If you're of a, if you're of a certain age, I saw yeah. some Lassies fans like like cheering Coventry on. I was like, what are they doing? Did they even know what happened? <laughs> no way. I think, no, I, what, you know, take Mark Robbins out of the equation and he has done a great job at um, Coventry in fairness to him. Mm -hmm. Um you know their their story is what is also one that that should inspire us because there's that football club's been an absolute mess, um, and they, you know they were on the brink of the, of the Premier League and who knows it's a funny old game as someone once said and um, it's a long season uh, it hasn't started yet and you know we're we're we're, we're trying to sort of live in the moment but we're, we're all football fans we all get excited we all get over well. We don't all get overly dramatic, you know, overly down when we lose and overly high when we win, but it is a common feature of a football fan. So nothing's going to change that. And I'm not certainly trying to change anyone or anything, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm done. What, what more can we say? Like we're, we're about to start the new season and there's far more to be positive about than there is to be negative about for the first time in a God knows how long. So I'll take that all day. Bring on self end. Yeah, good luck, Southend, in getting your season started and uh, National League, stop pissing around and uh, let's get this game on. Let's get singing. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, absolutely. God, it just, it just start well, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> We're going up.
Right, that, that clearly is the end of the podcast. The Boundary Park Alert System is hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. A huge thank you goes to those people who already subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you all and if you'd like to help us out financially, please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click support or find the link in the show notes. It's only $2.99 a month to subscribe, but if you'd rather make a one-off donation, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafcpodcast or click the link on our website. Please follow and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at OAFC Podcast and subscribe to youtube.com forward slash at OAFC Podcast where you will find the Latics Football phone in with myself and Dave Bradley live every Wednesday from 8.30pm. We'd like to thank Arlene Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning and thanks also goes to Paul Prentergast for providing us with all the Latics Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and for more information visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records you can help change the game by listening to us on the fan hub app along with all major podcast platforms please like subscribe and review the pod and help us climb the rankings to get more listeners wherever you listen thank you for listening and if you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show in any way we'd love to hear from you see you next week